where you're like hurting, like sad. Those are the best moments. You know, where you're crying and you can't laugh anymore and you hurt. I think I watched some TikTok where somebody crashed and something. It was hilarious. I mean, I was laughing at the expense of somebody else's pain, but man, it was so funny. Sometimes you just got to watch people get hurt and realize oh, things are better with you. <laughs> Joy is a good medicine. Look at somebody and tell them Joy is a good medicine. Proverbs somewhere. I'll find it for you. Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Yeah, when you start snorking, that's the best. And then you hear yourself, and then you just lose it even more. Ah. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. So what are we doing now? We're strengthening you today. Say the joy of the Lord is my strength. So how many of you can feel depression or heaviness or burden when it comes on you? Yeah. You can feel it. It's tangible. It's because it's a spirit. Look at the person next to you. Say, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. <laughs> when a heavy weight of depression comes on you, it's a spirit. Yeah. When the glory of the Lord comes on you, it's a heavy weight too. But it's a good one. <laughs> they need it on that road. Where is Siobhan? Come here. Get your microphone. It doesn't matter. She's got one. No. She might. So tell us about, we try to get you filled with the Holy Ghost for how long? Oh my gosh. Tell us the story. So, <clears throat> I, I, I think. Um, we were at Oleander. Yeah, we were at Oleander, but I think. Um, I don't remember. Somebody was there. Somebody was visiting, preaching, was right? I think it was Elsabee, yeah. yeah. And, and you were like, if you don't, if you have never prayed in, and I was like one of the first people up, and you were like, really? Never? And I was like, nah. Like, like just, it just wasn't something, I was raised in church, but in my home, like my mom didn't do it. I'd never, you know what I'm saying? Like it just wasn't something that I'd ever witnessed that we 
I saw other people do it on TV and stuff, but I never did it. My mom was just like, nah, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. But I knew that it was a part of scripture. So I was like, so we only do some things in the Bible, but we don't do all of them? I don't get that. And I knew that everybody here was just filled with it and just be praying. And it was just so beautiful because when I speak in front of people or if I try to pray out loud in front of other people, like I would get tongue tied and I wouldn't be able to speak. The fact that I'm speaking right now and not getting tongue tied is just amazing too, because that's what usually happens to me is I, I just choke up, but people are just freely beautiful prayer languages. And I kind of had a moment like Nick did when he was like stealing a bim and a bum and a bish and stuff from other people. And I was like, well, I guess I could try that and just see what happens. But then I just felt stupid. And I was like, that's not authentic. I don't want that crap. So no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm just praying, but I was so in my head because I overanalyze everything. That's just who I am. So I was like, it has to be authentic. Just like when I worship you, God, I want it to be that purity. Like it's just free. There's no try in it. It just naturally comes and I just love you. So I just worship you. So that's how I want to, that's how I wanted my prayer language. Like I just want it to be that free. I don't want to have to force it because that's, that just not real, you know? So I received pray, prayer that night, and, but I was still like, okay, nothing's shifting, so all right, God, I'll just wait on you. So we were in the middle of worship. You were worshiping. Yes, we were in the middle of worship, and I kid you not, I felt just an intense fire in my belly, like I got so hot, and I always sweat when I sing, but I was, like, sweating, sweating. Like, it was, I actually thought I was going to be sick. Like, I thought I was going to vomit. So I'm holding the, I'm, the microphone's actually on a stand, but I was, like, covering my mouth because I thought I was going to be sick, but this fire is building up in me, and it was just swelling, and it kept getting bigger, and then I, like, felt it right here in my chest, and then all of a sudden I felt it in my throat, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what's about to happen? And I was literally trying to suffocate it from coming out of my mouth. And then I just, I would just let go of my, put my hand down. And all of a sudden, this beautiful prayer language comes out. And I just began weeping. And there was such a sense of peace. And I was like, wow, that's real. That's you, God. That's there it is. And then he couldn't shut me up after that. Like, it just, every time we're worshiping, every time we're praying, like, and then I'd be loud. And I'm, I wasn't loud when we would pray or anything. Like, I would just be, like, to myself. But then, like, just such a, such a boldness came over me. And then I, it just started to change. We went to Trinidad. And something shifted in my prayer language there. Because I experienced God in a whole nother way. So when I had a face-to-face -face encounter with him during worship over there, it shifted me. And all of a sudden, my prayer language just started to expand, and it changed. And then I really got a boldness where I'm, I'm just as loud as Chris. And I'm like, yeah, now I can keep up with him. I'm good. And I love that. I was like, this is great, you know? But I had to completely get out of my head, like completely get out of my head because I, like I said, I overanalyze everything. And I was like, no, 
I have to shut it up. I have to shut up the thoughts of what my mother did, of what, you know, generationally what occurred in our family, what I was brought up with. And I said, I need to experience you for myself, God. I don't want to experience you through Nick. I don't want to experience you through Misty. I don't want to experience you through my mother. I don't want to experience you through anybody else. I'm your child. I can experience you for myself. So I want that face-to-face encounter with you. I want to be changed and shifted. So I became so thirsty, like the woman with the issue of blood, and I was like, this is mine. My freedom, my breakthrough is coming now. And I'm going to touch the hem of his garment, and I'm not stopping until I break through. Amen. So, and that's, that's basically what Tell happened. Tell us about depression. That was when she got filled with joy. Yes. So when I got filled with joy, I got filled with joy and delivered from depression before I got my prayer language. And Misty called up all the youth. They come back from um, a conference or something, and Misty was on fire. And she's calling up everybody, and we're huddled around her, and she calls me up, and all of a sudden, she just lays hands on me. And I've suffered with depression since I was nine years old. I tried to commit suicide when I was nine. And since that point in my life, watching my mother go through abusive relationships and things of that nature, I just took that burden on as if there was something wrong with me, and I had caused that for my mom. So just, yeah, yeah. So then uh, I just suffered with a lot of depression, and I would go into such deep depression, I wouldn't talk. I, I would eat, but I wouldn't talk, and I would just shut myself away from people. And I wouldn't sing. I would just completely, like a turtle in my shell. And um, I would use other things to pacify what I was feeling. So... I turned to relationships with men and having daddy issues that just, you know, any of y'all that had daddy issues, it comes very, you just lean on, hey, he's going to love me. Maybe this is what it's like. Maybe this is real love. You know what I'm saying? Like any attention is better than no attention. That's, that was my mindset. But then that started a chain of events where more depression just built up and built up and built up and when Misty touched me, <clears throat> which I know it wasn't Missy, but it was the Holy Spirit operating through Missy, I, it was kind of like that burning that I had when, um, when my prayer language came on. I felt a burning, but it started down at my feet. And then I was like, what is this? Like, I feel like I need to take my shoes off. Like, I think I'm on fire right now. It was, it was hardcore. And then... Once it came up, 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 it hit my heart. And once it hit my heart, I was just struck with joy and laughter. And I was laughing for like, what, an hour and a half after service. I was on, everybody was gone. I'm laid out on the floor laughing. I could not pull myself together. I could, I I heard people around me, but I was filled with such joy. And in that moment, in or not moment, because it was longer than a moment. In that hour, God was just showing me what his love really is, you know? And so I no longer questioned my purpose in that moment. I no longer questioned what I was purposed for. I know that I'm a worshiper. At, At 18, he told me that I was to serve in this house under these pastors. I knew that I had purpose 
in in my life as as uh, as a child of God. So I no longer dealt with doubt or fear of any kind. I there was no such thing as anxiety for me anymore. There was no relying on any kind of medicine or any kind of nothing. It was completely gone for me. I was completely delivered. And I, I never had to deal with it again. Yes, I get sad. But the difference now is that I don't stay in that pit. There's no longer, like, I don't dwell in it. I was like, I would let it fester. And I would just sit in that mess. And I no longer do that. I can get sad. And, I, and God wants you to feel emotion and, and, and feel it and work it out. But he doesn't want you to sit in that pit. So I know when I would get sad, I'd be like, man, this really sucks. Sucks, God. But I'm going to give it to you. Because it's not in my power. It's completely through you. So I had to surrender every day. When I start to feel like that, I surrender it to him, whatever that thing is. Like, no, this is yours. You said that I'm free and I'm delivered. Well, I'm going to stand on that. I am. I'm freed. I'm delivered. I'm not picking this crap back up. This is yours. Bye. <laughs> Love you, Chief. Thanks, Siobhan. I love this scripture. I'm just going with the Holy Ghost today. I'm not. <sighs> Psalm 91. It says here in the first verse, those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. Look at somebody and say those who dwell. You know, Siobhan just said, Siobhan just said, I would dwell in depression. That was my place of living. What is your dwelling place? Where do you dwell? Where do you find shelter? Where is your, what is, what are you under? What is your place of refuge? Is it under the shadow of the Almighty? Is that your dwelling place? Or are you in depression? Are you in ang under anger? Are you under judgment? Are you under condemnation? What is it, where is it that your mind dwells? What is the place that you are constantly conscious of? Because you can be sin conscious, you could be righteous conscious, but you can also be glory conscious. There's different places of consciousness that you can have. Like, I know that I'm a child of God. If somebody asks me, hey, do you know the Lord? Are you, are you saved? Without a doubt. Well, how do you know that? Because the word of God, the written word of God, came alive in my heart. It is now written on the tablet of my heart through revelation. Amen. And you can never uh, erase that from me. Yeah. You see, when the light shines in darkness, I used to be outside of relationship with the Lord. I wasn't a child of God. But when the light shone in my heart, and the Bible says that when you accept Jesus, you get the right to become children of God. That became real to me. So now my state of consciousness is no longer a sinner outside of relationship with God. 
I now know and believe it's in me. You can't take it from me that I'm a child of God. And family, what we have to do is, you know, we talk about leading you out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land. That's the journey we're on, right? And the thing for us is that we have to get you out of self, and we have to get you into Christ. Look at somebody say, you've got to come out of self, you've got to get into Christ. Look at somebody else, tell them, come out of self. Get into Christ. Christ. I'm going to go Sheba 2.0 on you. You say, what is that? My digital whiteboard, just like you gave your car a name. (laughs) Sheba. All right, my artwork, I know it's great. If you're here for the first time, it's okay. So... All of us are born in sin. Every single one of us, when you were born into this world, you didn't have any idea that you had a heavenly father. You had no idea that the kingdom of God existed. You had no idea where you came from. And if you were raised in just um, a home that didn't serve God, then all you would know is what you've learned through your five senses. That's all you will know. You won't know any other world. You won't know anything except living through your senses. Look at the person next to you and tell them you've got to come out of living through your senses. Say, I don't walk by sight. I don't walk by my senses. I need to learn to walk by faith. And so walking by faith is learning to walk according to the Word of God. Where you have to train yourself to read what the Bible says and then live according to what the Word of God says. You've got to live according to this. This is how you live by faith. You live according to the Word of God. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Say that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, with God, there is nothing that's impossible. But the Bible says that if you don't live by faith, it is impossible to please Him. So how do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and meditating on it, and eating it, and dissecting it, until the word breaks open, comes alive, and it gets written on the tablet of your heart. Now you have faith substance. What is faith substance? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So now there's something on the inside of you that comes, that gives you a weight, that gives you a deposit, that settles things on the inside of you, and you know things, and you believe things, and you cannot be shaken. And so you have to take the Word of God, and you have to meditate on it day and night. That's your job. Look at somebody and say, that's your job. Look, I'm not responsible for what you eat in the natural, unless I go to lunch with you, but then you still order from the menu. And so I'm not responsible for what you eat at home concerning the things in the spirit either. And the Bible says that the word of God is life for your spirit. And if you're not eating the word, the words I speak are spirit and life. If you're not eating the word of God, you have no 
sustenance in your spirit for you to be strong in faith. So if you're a weak Christian, it's your fault. Because your male, you, you, you haven't been eating correctly. You've been watching trash on Instagram and Facebook. And you've been feeding yourself junk food because it's entertaining. But you're not giving yourself the stuff that you need to give you strength. And then when you get into a battle, you get beaten. Because you overcome by the word of God. You don't overcome with emotion. You don't come overcome by complaining to God. You don't overcome by crying. Woe is me. Oh, God, come save me. Where are you, God? Try to manipulate God. I thought you loved me. I'll show you. Pop a bottle of wine. Don't test God. Don't tempt God. Pastor, you're being mean. Yes. I'm being mean on the flesh right now. Listen to this. Listen to me. This is very important. The sinful nature is not you. Look at somebody and say, the sinful nature is not me. Say, I'm a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. Say, I am a spirit. I'm made in the image of God. This sinful nature is unlocked in you at birth, but it's not part of you. It's something that you're clothed with, and you have to strip off the sinful nature like old clothing, and you have to put on Christ. And so when the Word of God comes, and it judges and it exposes that sinful nature that's in your mind, the way you think, because that's what the Word does. It judges the intentions and the thoughts of the heart. The Word of God is active and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between soul, spirit, joint, marrow, and it judges the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart. When the Word of God comes in, when it is preached with the Holy Ghost behind it, 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 um, it comes up on the inside of you, and you say, they're judging me. We're not judging you. The Word is exposing stuff in you that is not part of who you are. And it comes up on the inside of you, and it wants to fight the word. It wants to resist the word. And you have to make a decision that I want the word to cut out of me the stuff that does not belong to me. That is not part of who I am in Christ. And that's the work of the word of God and the spirit of God, to remove stuff out of your thinking so that you can have the mind of Christ. Let me find this somewhere up in here. I'm going through my notes. Where is that slide? Sorry, guys. I'm going to find it for you. And so... When you are living in self, you see yourself as a sinner. You see yourself as poor. You're never going to get out of debt. You're never going to be wealthy. You see yourself as sick and always running to the doctor and always needing medication. You feel like you're under a curse. Nothing ever goes well for me. Everything's going wrong. You're in yourself. You're in your feelings. You're in your emotions. When you're in your sinful nature, you're in bondage. You're bound to alcohol and all kinds of things that you have to use to make yourself feel better. To get your mind off, off the state that you're in. You're a slave. 
when you're in Egypt. And you're not serving the Lord, you're serving your own selfish desires. And we have to break you out of this mindset. We have to break you out of this place. Jesus comes to deliver you from the strong man that's holding you in bondage to fear. And you've got to be broken out of that so that you can have a different mindset, that you are righteous. Say, I'm righteous. You're wealthy because he'll provide everything that you need if you seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Is this true? Jesus took stripes upon his back so that you could be healed. He paid the price. It's part of your inheritance. Healing belongs to you. Divine health belongs to you. I haven't been to the doctor in like 20 years. I went one time. I I had like some kind of flu thing. And they shoved this thing up my nose and almost broke my brain. No, seriously. And you guys had to do that for your COVID. I didn't do that COVID swab thing. There's no way you're shoving that thing up my nose again. I'd rather die from sickness than have my brain broken. And they don't warn you. It's like, cool. Like they jujitsu to stick up your nose and you feel it in your throat. And then it's like agony. Sorry. If you, didn't, if you haven't gone through it, don't do it. You are the blessed in Christ Jesus. You're not under a curse. Amen? You're in Christ. You walk in freedom. And when you're free, you know you're free. You can walk by the things that used to tempt you, and you just look at them and you say, like, nah, that's repulsive, that's disgusting, I want nothing to do with that. But before you, you were bound to it, you couldn't get free from it. Amen? Amen? And you're no longer a slave. You're a king. And we need to break you free. And how do you do that? We have to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? You have to read the word of God. And family, Sunday morning is not enough for you. If, if the only word you're getting is Sunday morning, what are you eating Monday through Saturday? And there are layers to the Word of God. Look at somebody who said it's layers. layers. Say, onions have layers. layers. (laughs) There are layers to the Word of God. You can meditate on the Word until things break open in different layers on the inside of you. You know what you should try doing? You should try meditating on the Word till the power of God unlocks in that Word. Because Jesus is the Christ. He has power and authority. And in the word, there's authority and there's power. If you meditate on the word and eat it and eat it and eat it until it releases power in you, you'll know when that power unlocks. You begin to vibrate under the word of God. Say, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Jesus. 
So this is your sinful nature. When you're trapped in your sinful nature, this is your lifestyle. That comes naturally to you. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, going to meet Madam, whoever she is, Madam Maria, <laughs> get your cards read, look into the crystal ball. Listen, if you want to know your future, you just ask the Holy Ghost because he'll show you things to come. Amen. Hostility. Quarreling. Always fighting. There's always a fight with you. Always fighting. Always a battle. It's from the sinful nature. It comes up out of you. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Division. If your family is divided, it's a work of your flesh. It's because you're eating from, you're letting the flesh rule your life. And it's not just them, it takes two to tango. Even as a Christian, you can be in the flesh still blaming them when you need to humble yourself and you need to go fix it. Before you bring your, your offering to the altar, if you know you have order in your heart against your family members, go fix it before you give your gift. It's a Bible. You want to know why your gifts are not producing anything? It's because of what's in your heart. Pastor, you're being mean. No, I'm just being rough on this sinful nature thing that we've got to get you free from. You've got to get so sick of it, you've got to decide, that's not part of me, that's not who I am. I'm not living in this anymore. I'm not living under depression anymore. I'm not living in this pit anymore. I'm not dwelling here anymore. There's another dwelling place, and I want to go live there under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to abide under the presence of the Lord. And it has to do with your consciousness. What are you conscious of? Envy, drunkenness. Run to the bottle. Run to whatever will calm your mind and calm your thoughts. That's bondage. Because it's stealing money from your pocket. Bible says don't be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart. You can get filled with joy like we were getting filled this morning. But you've got to decide that I'm not going to live in this place. I'm going to put on a garment of praise and I'm going to break out of my pit. Amen. See, God has given you weapons to fight the flesh. But you have to come to the place where you crucify the flesh. Galatians. Chapter 5. I'll read this whole thing. Verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Look at somebody and tell them, you've got to let the Holy Ghost lead your life. Say, so you've got to walk in the Spirit, not the flesh. And you have to separate from that fleshy nature. You've got to bring it to the cross. It says the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. But the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. 
But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're no longer under the obligation to the law of Moses. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. When you follow your flesh, that's what you're going to get. That's the fruit that's going to be produced from those roots. Every single time. Guaranteed. I can be a pastor in ministry over 20 years, serving the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then decide to yield to my sinful nature at any time. That's why you have to reckon yourself dead and pick up your cross daily. Exactly what my wife was saying. You have to decide that it is no longer, I've been crucified with Christ, that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You have to make a decision that you are done with that life. And the only way to leave that life is not to medicate it, it's not to manage it, but to bring it to the cross and murder it and kill it and be done with it. You have to come out of the flesh and get into your spirit so that you can experience what the spirit has to offer. And the Bible says in verse 21, let me tell you again as I have before, anyone living that life, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You won't live right, you'll have no peace, and you'll have no joy. Who wants peace? Who wants joy? Okay, then you've got to leave the things that are causing you condemnation, depression. You've got to walk away from those things. Because you know, every time you eat of that fruit, every time that, 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 that thing comes to tempt you and says, ooh, you really need to taste this. It's so good. And the pleasure that it will give you. But when you eat of that thing, you know afterwards how bad you feel. Now you don't want to talk to God. You feel bad. You feel like a sinner. You're back into that old pit again. So how do you get free? You do a 1 John 1 verse 9. You confess your sin because he's faithful and just to forgive you. You don't run from God. You run to God. You say, Lord, you know, like when you're a baby in the spirit or you're a baby in the natural, that diaper gets loaded. Oops, I did it again. Lord, I need to be cleaned up. But then, you know, you get trained how to, how to go to the party. <laughs> it's the same thing in the spirit. In the beginning, you don't know how to control yourself. But then you learn. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Say, the Holy Spirit... Produces. Say the Holy Spirit produces. This is what the Holy Ghost does. That's why you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit actually gives you the it actually works that in you, like Siobhan was saying. 
I don't want it to be fake. I don't want to try and have peace. I've got to have peace. I've got to have peace. Lord, give me peace. No, peace is in you. Joy is in you. It's easy to be faithful. It's easy to be gentle. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives you that ability. It's not something you can have in your own strength. It's not something that you can do in your mind. It comes from the Spirit, from dwelling in that place with the Lord and in His presence. The minute that you get out of the presence of God, that's what you get into. And the enemy's number one strategy is to pull you out of the presence. He wants to divide you from the Lord. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get your focus off God and who you are in Him, and He wants to get your focus back on yourself. And the minute that your eyes... I mean, my wife laid it out this morning. The minute that your eyes get off Jesus and the Word and who you are in Him, your eyes get back onto life down here into the circumstances. And the minute you go back into that place, you drop into that pit. And that becomes the result of your life. Your heart gets hard. Deception takes over. And it starts pulling you away from the things of God. And the the worst thing that can happen is you get to the point where you won't repent. Now pride comes on you, and that's what we've been talking about. Now things get locked out, and now you're trapped in that place again. You love Jesus, but you're trapped. You've been taken captive. And the enemy wants to take your heart captive, because if he takes your throne room captive, your, your, uh, your heart is the seat of your spirit. It's the place where you make decisions. The minute that the, the, the enemy takes your heart captive, you don't make decisions in line with righteousness anymore. You start making decisions in line with the flesh. Amen. Oh, and everybody's mad at me, and life is terrible, and you go down that slope. Yeah. And we have to break you out of there. But you have to make the decision that I'm coming back to God, that I'm opening my heart back up. I'm going to repent of the things that caused me to get locked out from the presence. Sin separates you from God. Look at somebody and tell him, sin is a separator. The minute that you get into the flesh and you begin to do things that are of the flesh nature to please that side of you, it immediately separates you from the presence of God. And the only way to get back into the presence is to ask the Lord to forgive you. It's the only way. The blood has to wash you and the blood has to cleanse you and it has to break off your heart. And what's frustrating for people in the beginning is when you're new in the Lord and you haven't developed the skill and you haven't cleansed the heart and you haven't been renewed by the Word of God, you keep falling into those things on the constant. You keep yielding to these things. And you're you're like, what's wrong with me? I've got Jesus, but I'm not free from this stuff. It's because you have to bring that, it's something that you've been so used to living, it's become comfortable, it is, it is a habit in your life that is easy to fall back into, even if you come to the altar and pray and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You can go right back into it the same day. But you have to work on it, you have to keep fighting it, you have to keep coming back to the cross, you have to be crying out to Jesus to deliver you. And you'll have one moment, like Siobhan was talking about, where the fire of God comes upon you and sets the captive free, and you'll never be stuck in that thing ever again. 
But who, what are you looking to to save you from that thing? What are you looking to? And you, you can no longer identify with that. You, you don't want to identify with that old sinful nature. And you have to let go of identifying. People are always talking to me about, oh, I got this problem, no, I got that problem, and I got this, and I got that. Why? You've come into agreement with it. You need to break out of agreement with that, and you need to get into agreement with the Word. And then what do you do? You speak the Word. You speak the Word. You speak the Word. What does the Word do? It creates something that doesn't exist in your life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you will use your mouth and the Word of God to create the things that God said belongs to you. The enemy wants you to use your words to keep you locked in that place. But you can use your words to create something brand new for you to live in. The Bible says that we frame the world we live in through our words. Say death and life are in the power of my tongue. Those that love it will eat its fruit. Verse 24 says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to the cross and have crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? Verse 7, chapter 6, verse 7 says this, Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. For at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Amen? Amen. So you're going on a journey. You're leaving where you are today. And we're taking you to another place. We're taking you out of being cursed to being blessed. And it all revolves around your mindset. It all revolves around your choices. The pain in your life is because of your choices. I know if you lived at home, you know, obviously your parents, they made decisions that caused pain. But you're adults now and the decisions you make are causing pain for you and your children. Or they're causing blessing for you and your children. Is that true? And so I want to read Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus. Deuteronomy. Chapter 30. I'll just read from 11 all the way through. It says, This command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you, and it's not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey it. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey it. No, the, very, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it's in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen, 
Today I'm giving you the choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep His commandments, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. Look at somebody and say, if. if. Say, if you. if you. Do this, you will live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. Look at somebody and say, if you do this, if you do this, you will live and multiply. If you, that's right. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Verse 20. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. Amen. This is the key to your life. Amen. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so family, you have to make the decision. You have to decide. It's your choice. Pastor Chris said earlier today, he said God loves you enough to give you the choice. He didn't make you a robot where he was going to control you. He made you in his image and he has the freedom to choose and you have freedom to choose just like the one who created you. And if you will choose to serve him and love him and obey his word, you will be blessed. It's not God blessing you. It's you choosing the blessing. Yeah, that's good. God doesn't bless and curse. You choose the blessing or you choose the curse. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God doesn't bless. God doesn't, bless. God doesn't, curse. God doesn't curse. He's not sitting up there and saying, oh, let me look at the 7 billion people on earth and then decide today I'm blessing these 500,000, I'm cursing these 6.7 billion. <laughs> it's not how it works. He set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. Can't blame God and say, God cursed me. No, you chose the curse. That's on you. How did I choose it? You chose to turn your heart away from the book of life that tells you how you're supposed to live. If you go buy a brand new motor vehicle and it says, uh, put gasoline in the tank and you decide, you know, Florida orange juice is more available... I have a Groveland, and I'm going to squeeze OJ, and I'm, it's pure. It's premium. Premium orange juice. You put premium orange juice in your car's gasoline tank, I guarantee that engine is done. Why? Because you didn't go by the owner's manual. And you have to go back to the one who created you and ask him, how do I function? How do I work? How do I live? What are the laws that govern my life? And when you submit yourself to the laws that govern life and you obey them, you'll be blessed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Fish have been designed to live in water. Yeah. 
If the fish says, I no longer want to live in water. I am packing my bags tomorrow morning. And we are leaving the ocean family. We are going to go become land creatures. And we're going to live on the beach. The fish leaves the water. Mr. Fish and family are dead. Why? Because they left the place of life. They're no longer in the dwelling place where they have been created to live. And you were designed and created to live in the presence of God. And when you leave the presence, you, don't know, you no longer have life. And the enemy wants to pull you out of the presence. He's going to tempt you to do wrong. But that comes actually from the inside of you. And you have to shut that place down. You have to shut it down. When that urge comes on the inside of you to do something, you've got to fight it. Everything comes with a thought. Everything comes with a thought. And when you grab hold of the thought and you, let it, you meditate on it, it grows. And then you talk about it and then you do it. And then it produces fruit. Because whatever you do, you give life to. Faith without works is dead. The minute you take that thought and you begin to apply it, it's going to produce something. I know this is 101, but it's important. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been in ministry or how long you've been in church. If you don't keep these principles, these basic principles in the place they need to be and you're doing them, then you're going to fall by the wayside. And it's quick. You're sitting on the second row, then you're in the fourth row, and then you're out the door and we don't see you. I'm busy. Amen? Amen. Everybody getting it? Yes. You got it? Yes. You have to choose if you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or if you're eating from the tree of life. And the place to eat of the tree of life is in His presence. Amen? Amen. So Friday night, we're having a pure conference and we're going to be dealing with stuff this weekend. And the Lord's already dealing with some of you. We started talking about pride two weeks ago. And I know some of you are already facing stuff. Some of you are struggling with stuff. And it's good. It needs to come to the surface so we can clear it out. Amen. Amen. Here's what you need to understand. The fire of God purifies. It comes to expose things that are already in your heart. And when it comes to the surface, we need to clean it up, not run from it. Amen. Amen. And the thing is, we can't see the things that are operating in us until they're revealed by the Holy Ghost. When they come to the surface and you can see where you're bound and what you're doing and you, you catch a glimpse of it, like my wife was saying, she got stuck in this pit this week and then she's talking to me. I felt like I needed to call her, just talk to her. I'm like, babe, hey, what's going on? I just felt in my heart. And so I called her. She was driving down to West Palm and we we're talking. And she's just telling me what's on her heart. And as she's talking about it, she's realizing, wait a minute, this isn't right, this isn't. But when you can see it, you can come out of it. But when you can't see it, you're stuck in it. You can't overcome an enemy you can't see. And so when you can see what you're, what's going on, then you realize, oh wow. And then you make a decision and you cross out of it. Everything happens by decision. Look at somebody and say, everything happens when you make a decision. 
Nothing happens until you decide. And the Lord knows. He sees your heart. He knows the minute you make a decision. And then it's recorded in heaven, and it'll be witnessed here on earth. You will see the results of the decisions you make. Because God is not mocked. A man sows whatever, he reaps whatever he sows. So this is all on you. Look at somebody and say, this is all on you. It's all on you. It's your decisions, it's your choices. I encourage you, open the book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. The whole Bible is a book of wisdom. But read Proverbs. Proverbs is really good for you to read. Wisdom produces wealth. You want to be wealthy? Start applying wisdom to your life. If you ignore wisdom, you're going to eat the fruit of living life your own way. You know, the Word of God is supposed to correct and rebuke and then encourage. If you go to a church where there's no correction to your lifestyle, you're in a very dangerous place. And it's not comfortable being corrected. It's not comfortable hearing the truth about where you need to get your life in order. It's not comfortable listening to that and saying, oh... Yeah, I drink too much. I'm sleeping around too much. Oh, I've got to give that up. I've got to stop fighting. I love fighting. I wake up every day to pick a fight with somebody. <laughs> and we're talking about the quality of your life. Because it's your life. Take your finger like this. Say, this is the world I live in. Right up in there. It's the world you live in. And your perspective is everything. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so whatever you think and speak is your reality. And if your mindset is stuck in that trap, your reality is horrible every single day. But I'm here to tell you there's another place you can live, another life you can have. It's life and life more abundantly. But you got to decide, I'm done living there, I'm packing my bags, I'm crossing the line, I ain't going back. I'm done living in Egypt, I hate Pharaoh, he's ugly, I'm tired of being whipped, tired of being a slave. I'm going to go live in my father's house, and I'm going to go get a ring of authority on my finger, I'm going to get a coat put on me, my heavenly father is waiting for me to come, he's ready to hug me and love me and show me who I am, teach me who I am, he wants to empower me and equip me, he wants me to live in victory, come on. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority and power in Christ Jesus. Above principalities, powers, wickedness, spiritual, blah, blah, blah. Shabarabaka. That's where you go. No more words. You start praying in the Holy Ghost. You stand in front of the mirror and you look at yourself. Yeah, I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Bring the fire, Lord. I want fire! Wake up in the morning. You set your alarm. You say, when the alarm goes off, the devils in hell are going to scream because I just woke up. You wake up and say, I'm taking territory today. Today's the day. Everywhere I go, blessings follow me. Blessings overtake me. You don't know who I am. I'm favored of God. 
I got the favor of God on my life. I live in the fog. See, you got to talk to yourself. I live in the favor of God, baby. I live in the fog. Come on, you got to wake up and encourage yourself in the morning. You got to take the word of God and eat the word of God and talk. You're like, this is what the Bible says. This is who I am. This is what I have. Yes! Look at that right there. Did you see that? You know who I am? And then you, 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 you go MC Hammer, old school. You tell the devil, can't touch this. Can't touch this. And now you leave the house full of joy, ready for your day. You've eaten some word in the morning. You've got your jams on. You've encouraged yourself in the Lord. You're ready to go and bring life everywhere you go. You're not rocking up at work going, oh, I'm here. No, you're bringing life. You're changing the atmosphere everywhere that you go. Amen? Stand with me this afternoon. You say, can't touch us, it's so unholy. Whatever. Do you know that you don't need the angels and a choir and Siobhan and everywhere you walk? You know what I'm saying? You don't need an entourage. You got Jesus in your heart. You got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Amen? You don't have, you, you, it's you and the Lord. Put your hand on your heart. The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. And Jesus is the gateway to that kingdom. Amen. Do you know he is the way? The way is the cross. That's the way to lay self down. When you lay self down, according to the truth of the word, you'll experience life. But if you don't lay self down at the cross, then you live in the flesh. And that's going to lead to death and decay. And so, family, that's why we live a crucified life every day. We let the Word judge our thoughts and our intentions. But if you don't know the Word, how are you going to judge righteously? You have to hide God's Word in your heart so that you don't sin against Him. And I can't do that for you. You have to do that. You have a Bible. You've got to open it and read it. Amen? So I want you to close your eyes right where you're standing today. And you need to make a decision that you're going to put God first in your life. I can't do that for you. You have to do it. And if you want to make that decision, then pray with me. And say this, say, Heavenly Father, I'm here today in this house because I want a better life for myself and my family. I believe in you, and I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he left heaven and glory, and he became a man. He lived a sinless life, 
he died a cruel death, shed his blood, and you raised him from the dead. And Jesus is alive, and he ascended, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority and power. All things under his feet. Jesus is the head of the church. He's my head. He's my leader. And I will follow him. He is the word. And I will follow the word. Today, Lord, I make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I choose life. And I choose to live according to your word, God. To your ways. To your commands. And I ask you, God, to help me. Help me, Lord. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. Every person under the sound of my voice, God. They're making decisions today to choose your word, to seek first the kingdom, to seek first living righteously. Lord, you said you'd add all things unto them. And Father, I pray that as, as they wake in the morning, as they wake in the night, as they're going through their day, that there be a, call, a pulling, a drawing from their spirits, Lord, a desire for your word. I pray, Lord, that there would become such a hunger in the hearts of every person in this place that we would desire your word above all things. And Father, I thank you that as they have made the decision and have chosen today, and as they go and put action to what they believe, Father, that they will see the results. I thank you for breakthroughs. I thank you, Lord, for total transformation on the inside of them in their attitudes, in their thoughts, in their beliefs, in their way of living, God. And I thank you, Father, that your word will not return unto them void, but it will produce fruit in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? amen. Slap somebody a high five. Tell them Jesus is alive. Tell you